She babied it like a child, always making sure it had enough water and was covered before freeze. It had even survived the dust bowl, though we almost didn't. While all the farmers around us took government handouts to keep from losing their farms, Papa struggled. When it came down to feeding us or letting Wilbur go, Papa begged Mama to let him get some government money. Today it might be losing Wilbur. Tomorrow we could lose the farm. Mama had folded her arms and narrowed her eyes. I don't take no charity, and I don't marry no man who'd take it. I wondered if that's why Papa left us. Maybe he thought Mama would give up and turn to the government for help. One August evening, we sat at the table eating dinner and heard shuffling coming from the porch. No one admitted they were hoping that the sound was Papa scraping his boots on the mat instead of the wind causing the cottonwood branch to brush against the pillar. But you could see that hope in all of our eyes, even Mama's. When Papa left, the smokehouse had two hams and a slab of bacon remaining. By late summer, the meat was gone. We ate beans and cornbread almost every night. And peaches. Thank goodness for the peaches. We'd picked every last fruit off the tree, and Mama had filled all the mason jars we owned with them. Their sweet juice tasted like honey after eating our bland meals. The only one brave enough to say anything about it was Pie. "'Are we ever going to have meat again?' she asked, twirling a long brown lock with her finger. Mama shot her such a glare that Possum and I left the room to find something to clean. "'If it was cooler, I'd take Radio out and we'd go hunting,' Possum said, smoothing down the cowlick he could never tame." There's nothing but a few measly squirrels around, and they're too bony to be any good. Last winter when he was hunting, Possum rescued a puppy and brought him home. Pie named him Radio because she'd wanted an Emerson radio so bad. We were the only family around that couldn't listen to the Lone Ranger and Little Orphan Annie. In September, Pie went to fourth grade, Possum to fifth. I entered my freshman year at the high school, happy because my eighth-grade teacher, Mrs. Pratt, would be teaching me again this year. She liked my stories, and I treasured the remarks she made on my papers. Keep writing. This is outstanding. Your descriptions are lovely. Our nearest neighbors lived half a mile away, but word about Papa must have traveled to them. The Saturday before Christmas, the Calvary Baptist Church Visiting Committee came by with food. We had attended services there with Papa, but Mama was a Catholic from Louisiana and often said, I worship at home before I do it in a Baptist church. Once, when she said that, Papa had winked at me and whispered, It was good enough for her to get married in. Papa teased that he kidnapped a Cajun princess and hauled her all the way to the Texas panhandle. Those were the kind of moments I tried not to think of. Papa with his little winks and wisecracks that sometimes made even Mama laugh. Mostly they had made her mad. These days anger seemed to be the only thing that could swallow her sadness. Now if she broke a glass, it was Papa's fault. She said his name like a curse until the words Conrad McGee faded away and were never heard in our house again. Except for the winter day the Calvary Baptist Church Visiting Committee came calling. From the kitchen window I watched them walk toward the porch, with baskets in their hands. The wind whipped at their skirt hems, exposing their white slips. Skinny Mrs. Ingle wore a red hat, 
while both Miss Thunderwood and Mrs. Cooper wore blue from head to toe. They reminded me of two plump blue jays and a frail cardinal. "'Hello, Rose,' Miss Thunderwood said when I opened the door. "'My, you're a pretty thing.' Mrs. Ingalls scented her hat, which had slid to the right side of her head. "'My word, Marie, is that a peach tree out front?' "'Yes, Mama mumbled. Mrs. Ingalls shook her head in disbelief. "'I didn't know peaches would grow up here. My cousin grows them, but he lives all the way over in Hidley.' Mama made them some coffee while they settled at our kitchen table. Possum and I tried not to stare at the baskets of food, even though our mouths watered from the aroma. But Pie just bolted into the room and asked, "'What smells so good?' Miss Thunderwood pinched Pie's cheeks. "'Why, honey, we've got biscuits and gravy and fried chicken with corn on the cob.' She still had a hold of Pie's cheeks when she added, "'You are the spitting image of your daddy.' Pie pulled away from Miss Thunderwood and stepped closer to one of the baskets covered with a gingham cloth. I could see her fingers just itching to dive inside. Then Miss Thunderwood looked up at Mama. "'Where is Conrad, anyway?' "'Yes,' said Mrs. Cooper. "'Where is that rascal?' She took a sip of Mama's strong coffee, then squinted. Mrs. Ingle chirped up, joining in with the Blue Jays. "'We haven't seen him or the children in months.' Mama's hands flew to her hips. You bring this food for my children and me because you think we are starving without Conrad? Oh, goodness, no, said Mrs. Thunderwood. We're just out visiting and... Mama picked up the baskets one at a time and one at a time handed them back to the ladies of the visiting committee from Calvary Baptist Church. They were out the door and driving away from our house in no time. My stomach growled and I thought Pie was going to burst into tears. Possum walked out of the room, and I heard him kick the wall. Somehow I felt like everything I'd hoped for went outside the door with those baskets. It was only food, I kept trying to convince myself. But it was as if my dreams of becoming a writer were tucked between the biscuits and the fried chicken. That night I slipped my sweater over my nightgown and stepped onto the porch. I needed the cool air but most of all I needed to get away from Mama. I collapsed onto the porch swing and rocked back and forth on the balls of my feet. The sky was black, and the stars covered it like sugar sprinkled across a cookie. I was thankful that I couldn't look out and see the dry fields that made me think of Papa and how hard he'd worked trying to keep them watered. And I was glad that I couldn't make out the road leading up to our house. Many days I stared at it so long that I could almost imagine Papa walking toward us, smiling like he was about to burst with the best news in the world. Straightening my legs, I held the swing back for a moment. Then I heard something hit the wood floor. It was too dark to see, so I patted the floor, searching until I felt two books and an envelope. Maybe the church ladies dropped them accidentally. I took off my sweater and wrapped the items with it before going inside the house. Mama was already in bed, but Possum and Pie were playing cards on the floor next to a kerosene lamp. I lighted the other one and headed toward the outhouse, not wanting anyone to discover me. Inside, I hung the lamp on the nail and uncovered the books. The envelope said, Rose, across it. One of the books was The Good Earth by Pearl S. Buck.
The other was a brown leather book. I tore the envelope and read the letter. Dear Rose, The women from the church visiting committee said they would be happy to give these books to you when they went calling. You are a gifted student and writer. Always keep the words flowing from your pen. Sincerely, Mary Pratt. I opened the leather book and discovered it was blank. Every single page was just waiting for words. The beans ran out the day after Christmas. Mama didn't say anything, but that afternoon she gave us each a box to squeeze our belongings in. We were given strict orders to take only what could fit in the box, and I was surprised when Mama softened and let radio come along. After we finished packing the truck, I slipped in beside Mama while Pa and Possum rode in the back with radio. A second later, Mama started the engine and headed east toward her birthplace in South Louisiana. I didn't look back. I didn't want to see our little farmhouse disappear from sight, fearful that it might disappear from my memory forever. There hadn't been enough money in the flour tin to stay at a hotel, so every night Mama pulled off the road and we slept in the bed of the pickup. That first evening on our journey, I ignored Pie while she asked Mama a million questions. But I listened for Mama's answer when she asked, What does Homa look like? Mama grabbed Pie's hand and held it up in the moonlight. She traced the space between her fingers. These are the bayous. The rest is the land. She touched the valley between two of her fingers. I grew up here next to Bayou de Large. Pie thought she was on an adventure, but she had the sense of an old dumb cow standing in the...